0: Distinguished listeners, dear friends, dear playbills, welcome to the podcast Ellen DeGeneres doesn't want you to hear. Oh. It's monkeys and playbills, y'all. Oh,
1: I'm going to need some <laughs> clarification on this. The drama, the intrigue. So do you
0: see how I called our listeners playbills? Because we're the monkeys. Um, I'm Paul DeGers.
2: Jillian Willems.
0: And joining us as well is a very special guest. We have Tatiana Carnevale in the Woo! studio today.
1: Yay! So uh, thrilled to have you.
2: Thrilled to be here.
0: <laughs> and this is Monkeys and Playbills. It's the show where we talk about Broadway musicals that ran for 100 performances or fewer on Broadway, not counting previews.
1: And what the heck happened?
0: And today, we're talking about taboo.
1: Or Taboo, if you were from overseas, thank you.
0: <laughs> which they are, which most of the people working on this show are, in mm-hmm, fact. Mm-hmm. So here, let's call it, we're we're taking a look at Taboo today. <laughs> and did you like how I called, so like, we're the monkeys. Yes. Paul, Jill, producer Daph yes. um, is not on a mic today, and uh, distinguished guest Tatiana Carnevale. And so that would make our, get our listeners the playbills. Correct. Of the monkeys and playbills, right? Yes. We have I- to assume. Tat, how are you doing today?
2: I'm... So thrilled! Yes, <laughs> feeling very blessed and highly favored to be talking about taboo. I feel like this is going to need to be about six thousand parts.
0: <laughs> like, this season actually. of
2: monkeys and playbills is just about taboo. Yeah.
0: Well, um, welcome, surprise. To see- Welcome to season three of Monkeys and Playbills. <laughs> it's
2: all taboo. It's all taboo.
0: <laughs> featuring Tatiana Carnavalli. Correct. Much Correct. ado Thank you to the Canada Council. <laughs> yes. Taboo. Maybe we should mention that. We'll also probably mention it at the end of the episode. Thank you to the Canada Council for providing support to this season of Monkeys and Playbills and to the Crescent Arts Centre, who are our co-presenters in both this podcast and two other exciting podcasts that'll be coming from the Village Conservatory in the near future.
1: Woo! So, I was thinking long and hard about why we had reached out to Tat to talk about this specific musical. I realized it's because Tat's been shouting at me about this musical for the last 15 years of our friendship.
2: (laughs) Yes, and there is like some more context as well that uh, I would be happy to explain to you. Please. Well, yeah, what
0: what does Taboo mean to you?
2: (sighs) Well, let's travel back in time. (laughs) The year is 1996. Great year. Yes. The Rosie O'Donnell Show Heck yeah. is airing on, I think it was like Channel Four, Channel Five. <laughs> totally. Tatiana Carnavale is getting picked up from Forest Park School by her Nona, <laughs> oh, and thank going you, Nona. to her Nona's house after school until her mom has done work. And for some reason, my Nono, who moved uh, to Canada from Italy yes. in 1966, I want to say he's wow. never bothered to learn English. He right. only speaks Italian. For some reason, he loves The Rosie O'Donnell Show. <laughs> it's his favorite Rosie show. Rosie transcends all language yeah. barriers. And so I'm pretty sure from, like, 1996 to whenever I finished elementary school, I want to say it was, like, 2000. Not to not to age myself here. <laughs> but I watched The Rosie O'Donnell Show five days a week after school. Amazing. And I, I might be, like... Obsessed with Rosie a little <laughs> oh. bit.
0: This was um, a very important part of your life. Rosie O'Donnell. It was formative. It yeah. was formative.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so I love Rosie. And then I also, I like was obsessed with this show around the year 2004. Like mm-hmm. I would say the peak of my, my musical theater obsession yeah. was probably high school. Like that's yeah. when I was like the deepest <laughs> into my like nerding out of musicals. And this came out and I... Listen to it a lot, a Mm -hmm. lot, a lot. I love the soundtrack. And also, yeah, it just like has stuck with me ever since then. I think it's so interesting, all of the offstage drama as well. And I like can't (laughs) wait to talk about that. Which and is what brings Rosie into the conversation ultimately, exactly. right? Rosie yeah. O'Donnell and her
1: ten million dollars in two
2: thousand and four personal investment. That yeah. is a musical I wanna see, actually, what you just said.
1: Rosie it's O'Donnell the, and her ten million dollar The personal purse of Rosie O'Donnell. It's like
0: it's like a kid's book or something. Yes. Right?
2: Oh my
1: god. Day, I will write it. One
0: day Rosie went to the West
2: Early
0: oh and she saw investment. a show.
2: This is why they say don't ever invest your own money into your theater projects. Um, but no, I love Rosie. I am obsessed with this show. I think the story behind it is so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very gay, which I love as yeah. well. Yes. am mm-hmm. um, very interested always in, like, queer theater and mm-hmm. queer yeah. issues and all of that. So that's very interesting to me. Yeah. So yeah, all that to say.
0: <laughs> that's so funny. I think... My first exposure to taboo was through you. Tatiana mm-hmm. is a was very it really? Well, so you're a very <laughs> a very old friend of both Jill and I. Yes. From mm-hmm. about the same time, but not connected. Jill and I weren't friends when we were no. both friends with you, which mm-hmm. is a wild thing, but we've both been friends with you since we were like early teenagers. Yes. And when you were at the height of your musical obsession, you were kind of passing that down to me.
1: Uh, yeah, the only reason I know about this show is through Tat. I don't know how I did not engage with it until The
2: last few days. I mean, it's also very much on the cusp of what you'd be looking for for this podcast because it ran exactly 100 performances. Exactly, this is our first
0: on the nose 100, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank God it did not run for one more day. Oh,
0: we wouldn't be here right (laughs) now. I would
2: not be here. (laughs) Well, folks, should we get into it officially?
0: Yes.
1: Taboo. Or taboo.
0: (laughs) We're talking about taboo. We're going to talk a lot about taboo. (laughs) But what we're actually covering today is taboo.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Very different show.
0: Because taboo would be the UK version.
1: Oh, good point. Right? Um, Although they speak in British accents... Yeah, there ostensibly. For...
0: <laughs> Some of them really do. Some, <laughs> Some of, of them
1: absolutely do. Well, and <laughs> Lee Bowery was actually Australian. <laughs> Previews began at the Plymouth Theatre on October 28th, 2003. Yeah. Welcome to high school, everybody. Late junior high, early high school, right? I think. Uh,
0: 2003, yep, absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh, watching Return of the King in theatres, and I am not thinking about Taboo at that point I in my life. I have
2: just met Tat. Oh, great. A few months before. And I have just finally started to feel comfortable saying swear words for the first <laughs> time.
0: <laughs>
2: Love that journey for um, It officially opened on November 13th,
1: 2003, and it closed on February 8th, 2004, after 16 previews and exactly 100 performances. And if I'm not mistaken, the video we watched was from that final performance.
0: It closing night. Yeah.
1: Oh,
2: Wow.
0: Which is why, if you um, if you check it out, the audience is just bananas. Oh, it's like just they nutty. cannot get enough.
2: <laughs> Truly, would maybe not recommend checking it out because it is such. I mean, it was 2004, so mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have the technology, but it no. is yeah, it is difficult. It is to, to watch, yes. absolutely. But <laughs> there some... is a recording of the London version,
1: like a really nice like, a DVD pro version, pro version. shot. Okay, so the next thing we usually like to cover is the synopsis yep. of the play. And one of the ways we've been doing that recently is setting a timer for five minutes. Yep. And then uh Paul, along with our guest, will together sort of, you know, regale me with the, the plot. And um, then I will read my yep. version that I found.
0: This is going to be wild because this plot is convoluted as sure
1: is oh
2: yes it is all i'll say is who is marilyn
0: so tat how well do you have this plot in your head
2: oh my god not very well (laughs) if i'm being frank but i will me neither
0: so let's try our best
2: on paper i think the plot is actually quite simple Mm -hmm. like if you were to just say what is taboo the show about i mean i could describe it in a sentence (gasps) please do it's just it's about Boy George and his friend and colleague, Lee Bowery, and their journey to open the taboo taboo nightclub mm-hmm. in the UK. Yeah. yeah more or less. Yeah. Like, more or more that's, less, That's, absolutely that's correct. the yeah. Sparks notes. Exactly. And, the tri- and their trials and tribulations yeah. along the way. Of course. I'd go even
0: further, even further and potentially say it's about George, um, it's about Boy George and Lee Bowery's career arcs. Their mm. rise and then their fall.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Which yeah. kind of echoes the rise of this taboo
0: exactly. nightclub. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Right. Yes. Right. All right. well, that's it, I guess. Uh...
0: Well, there we go. Done and done. <laughs> <laughs> Want to try? Five minutes?
1: Okay. Do you have the timer? I've got a timer.
0: Oh, right amazing. Here. here we go. We open on a blank stage, and out comes Mr. Raul Esparza himself.
2: Bisexual icon. Bisexual Raul icon. Raul Esparza. A little
0: baby at this point in the game, yes. a very young man.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has he's like just done Rocky Horror a few years ago on Broadway. Like, yeah. he's in that fall. Yeah. He's oh, in the zone. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah So he sings this song He sings like uh, Like a Welcome and Bienvenue Welcome type deal Gets everyone in Welcome to Taboo It's uh, lots of fun
2: And then we cut to A payphone yeah, Is that where we that's where George? We... Yes, yes it is yes. Yeah. And a very I will say like Stunningly beautiful You and Morton Playing yeah. boy George mm-hmm. Looking he just looks... like
0: Young boy George mm-hmm. Wow Yeah
2: he looks beautiful Like yeah. that was one of the things that stro- I was like yeah. wow and He looks good yeah. Uh, yeah And he's on a payphone <laughs> And he yeah. is singing to his mom, I mm-hmm. think. Oh, and it's
0: a great song. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's
2: uh-huh. he's basically singing about how he has to like leave. Yeah. Yes. The nest to kind of begin his yeah. career. Yeah. Then
0: in we London. meet Nicola, a woman named Nicola. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she wants to go out um, clubbing. She's into this new um, <laughs> yes. this new scene that's emerging in the um, in the UK. This kind of underground uh, club scene. Yes. She's like, I want to go clubbing. What's preventing her from going? Is her mom being like, no, she you can't, can't go? No. She can't get in, actually. Because she tries, so she tries yeah. to go, and she can't get into yeah, this she's new... she's not looking cool enough, This underground party.
1: Because she's never been, so she's just <laughs> guessing what yeah. is cool. Because she's never been But inside. I
0: think
2: also her mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: right.
0: does Big Sue help her get in? A woman in yes. Big Sue? She gets
2: in. Then we're in so, the club. Then we meet kind of like, we see Rollo Sports again and kind of another... Assortment, of yeah, and this is
0: like a big old, a big old scene of like um, all sorts of a lot of queer people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a um, kind of a queer party scene, yeah. and mm-hmm. we see a uh, performer named Marilyn, kind of dressed as a Marilyn Monroe type deal,
1: yeah,
0: um, performing.
1: This makes sense now. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like not really. Like I don't blame you I for know. not realizing. No, you're that. right. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's the idea. It
2: took me a minute introducing the ensemble. Then we yeah. they're more in the bathroom.
0: We're in the bathroom. Mm, mm, then we right. meet, and that's where we meet. Boy Lee George. Bowery, who is <laughs> played by Bowie George. So yes, yes Bowie George is in this musical and is also portrayed in this musical yes. by two different people. It's amazing. So Bowie George, the person, the actual real life person, is playing fashion performing art performing artist icon Lee Bowery. Yes. So we meet Lee Bowery. Lee Bowery meets Nicola.
1: Yes. And also like... we're only ten minutes into the play right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and we are over half done our time. Okay. Meets Nicola. Know. Wow, that's Nicola. George meets a, um,
2: photographer. a
0: photographer named Marcus.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, then they go to his, like, squat. And they hook up. They don't like, hook they up. They don't hook up, but they, but like, But then flirt. they do hook right? up. Mm. So they,
0: at, at some point they hook up, and, oh, look at this. Um, George is actually, maybe you could call me Boy George. My friend oh, is calling me Boy George.
2: And then Esparza's like, I was the one that came up with <laughs> <Yeah>. that. And <laughs> it's, like, my favorite part of the soundtrack.
0: So the rest um, of Act 1 kind of... Talks about Boy George's rise yes. to fame as ending part of Culture Club. Yes, ending
2: with the Act 1 finale, which is Karma Chameleon, the club goes wild. Oh, yeah.
0: God. And the club is called Taboo.
2: Yes. Boom.
1: End That's of the act end of, of Act 1.
0: Um, <laughs> one minute, him. 15 seconds. Act <laughs> okay. 2. Um, wow. Everything
2: goes to shit.
0: Everything goes to shit. shit Boy George starts using a bunch of drugs.
2: Yes. 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 Lee Bowery gets AIDS. Mm-hmm. He has AIDS. Um... Everything we see is a, bad. Bunch of, a bunch, a bunch of depictions. Big Sue is upset.
0: Big Sue's upset. So we she had s- to
2: get a real job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we see a bunch of depictions of Lee Bowery's famous performance art, yes. uh, mm-hmm. which is really cool.
2: Yes. Oh, uh, Rallo Sparsa gets beat up. Because yes. Mar- Marcus, and sings the eleven o'clock number.
0: Marcus tells the press that George is using too much drugs to yes. help George get clean. Yes. And Rallo Sparsa is like, "Hey, that was a fucked up thing you did." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of Marcus's straight friends beat up um, Rallo Sparsa.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then he sings a beautiful eleven o'clock. number. Then he number. sings a beautiful eleven Correct. o'clock
0: number. Then Lee Bowery dies.
2: Then Lee yeah. Bowery dies, and then we get to the finale, which is very like the end of Rent. Like it's
0: like yeah. Follies.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's
1: contemporary Follies <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> to me, but also
0: Rent. Um, Eighteen and seconds left. Is there anything we want to add? It's very long.
2: It's so long.
0: It's um. There's a lot of a lot of stuff here. Some of it's great. Some of it's very bad. But that's with the amount of content they have. Yes. That's just to be expected. Uh huh. Yeah. But some of it's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think I have anything to add to the plot. There are some things I want to talk about, like when we actually discuss Mm -hmm. the book, but I think that was a a really clear (sighs) and concise.
0: That's about as concise as it's going to get, honestly. (laughs) I'm
2: so impressed. Yeah.
0: This is going to be interesting because I did, in trying to decipher this, I tried to look up what this show's about. Let's hear what you found, Jill.
1: Okay, so I will um, preface this by saying I had to get very detailed in my Google search. So normally you can just type in the name of the show and the synopsis and it'll take you straight to the Broadway, you know, like a very concise two-line Broadway synopsis. But in this case, because the London production seemed to have more traction, that one was the focus in there vastly different from one another. The way I found the more fleshed out synopsis was on a Broadway world blog. That had the best synopsis of the Broadway version. So I that's where I found that.
0: I found the same one and it's what I used while I was watching the yes, book to follow what me was going too. on. <laughs> so wild. there's
1: that. But then I also found this one that's a couple like short paragraphs from guide to com. Okay, here we go. The action is set in the flamboyant London club scene. It was a world of narcissism and camp bitchery, strongly influenced by what pop stars such as David Bowie had been doing 10 years earlier. So this is our nod to the new romantic era. Okay. Against the gay and decadent background of clubbers, we have a traditional boy meets girl story. The fresh faced hero, Billy, (laughs) who's Billy, Mm -hmm. abandons Drury Bromley which we kind of talked about yep. determined to become a face on the London scene falls for Kim who beneath her goth war paint turns out to be a devastatingly pretty touchingly vulnerable virgin. True love, however, doesn't run smoothly. So I must've picked that before finishing the boot yeah. and realizing, cause I kept going, who is Billy? Like, who are they talking about? Did you have a similar exact same thing experience. happen? Yeah. In our Broadway version, there's no Billy. Nope. There's no Kim. We actually seem to go back to maybe more in line with real, true humans who existed for Broadway. So there's obviously calls to Boy George himself. There's calls to Nicola, who was a real person married yep. to Lee Bowery. Like, we get the real people in the Broadway version, whereas maybe in London they were sort of alluding to to these individuals and maybe not so much exactly referencing
2: the transfer of moving the show from London to Broadway is, like, a major... And the yes. way that happened is a major failing, mm-hmm. I will say. So yep. it's, in,
0: it's in London.
2: It's in a club. Yes. It's in a London. club in London. It's in a club in London. Yes. yes. It is it's, not at a theater. It is a theater production that's being staged in a club mm-hmm. of some sort. Very
0: cool. And it's all Boy George. This is, like, Boy George collaborators making this happen. Boy George and his um, producers wrote all the music. Yes. yes. It's got uh, the plot that Jill just described. <laughs> yeah, with- and
2: it is, like... For listeners that may not know, Boy George wrote this score, but it's only it's not a jukebox musical no. in that we That's actually right. only have two of his hits from the mm-hmm. time period and yeah. all the rest is brand new yeah. music yeah
0: which is very cool I was confused mm-hmm. about that as well because I don't super know Boy George's yeah. music so I was like looking through his stuff being like you
2: couldn't tell just by listening to this oh. <laughs> <soundtrack. laughs>
0: very fair very fair come on um
2: uh, but
1: yeah so
0: in London in the <laughs> UK production Rosie O'Donnell
2: sees, sees the show sees
0: it's a, and it's starring Luke Evans. Is the other thing you yes. mentioned the UK oh. production is? What's and the, Ewan
2: Morton is in it as well. Ewan, Ewan Morton is, playing, is playing his same role. Yeah. And
0: Luke Evans is playing Billy. Billy uh, is that his name?
2: Well, yeah, that would have been the character he played. Yes,
1: yeah, who be does be not Billy. But who the, does not
0: appear in the Broadway version. The
2: only
1: or the most similar character I can think of is Marcus, and they took yeah. that in a new direction, which
2: is good. I think the direction. Okay,
1: but anyway, yeah, whatever. well, exactly, because Rosie O'Donnell yeah.
0: comes to see the show. And says,
2: this is great. Let's, I'm going to bring, I think she says, I'm going to bring this to Broadway. Yep. Yep. And then she like follows through on her commitment to do that. But at some point is like, but actually let's change everything about this. (laughs) Except for, I think the score is the same. Very similar. But Rosie decides the book basically needs to be like completely revamped. And rather than staging it in a club, they move it to... The Plymouth Theatre. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And not even just revamped, totally overhauled. A completely new story. Yeah. Almost 100% a new story. And by all accounts, people liked the London production, right?
1: Oh, apparently. It ran for over a year, I think, all told.
0: And people did not like the uh, Broadway, or (laughs) some people did not like the Broadway production. (laughs) Some people really liked it. Yes. All right. I'm sure we're going to get into a lot more of the context as we um, dive in. Why don't we start moving through our categories? Yeah,
1: I think the context will yeah. come forward as we, especially as we move into this first category of book, music, and lyrics. Music by Boy George. Lyrics by Boy George.
2: A.K.A. George O'Dowd.
0: Blimey! <laughs> Throw a shrimp on the body, eh?
2: Oh, no! No,
0: we're not. <laughs> Let's re-record this
2: podcast again for episode two, but all doing accent work. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I love a dialect. Okay.
1: Um, co-composer. Oh, good. Okay. So this yeah. would be sort of what we were just talking about where it was like producers it's- were coming to flesh this out. Yeah, totally. Okay. So co-composer Kevin Frost. Yeah. Music co-writers were John Themis and Richie Stevens. Yeah. So I... I guess these are... Are these pop folks, do we think? Yeah, the, I, these I, are I collaborators of Boy George, yeah, these right? These are right. all George, okay. uh,
0: George's um, producers on Great. his various works. Wonderful. So, like, close collaborators.
1: Um, book yeah. by Charles Bush. Adapted from the original book by Mark Davies. This distinction is important. Very important. Keep that in mind. Vocal, dance, and incidental arrangements by John McDaniel. Music orchestrated by Steve Margoshes, And original concept by... Boy George and Christopher Renshaw. Keep that second name in mind for later as well. Okay, folks, where to begin? Should we start with the book? I think that's probably most important. Yep. It needed an edit.
0: It needs a huge edit. It's way, it's so long. (laughs) It's
2: so long. And I simply do not care about most of the characters. I know,
0: that's a flaw. I care about
2: Raul Esparza. Yeah. Personally, not his
1: character, but yeah. him personally you care about. His character's right?
0: name That's, is Philip, right? Have we we Yeah, haven't yeah s- not that is a real person we as well. Because <sighs> we haven't Philip's, said that name once on right. the podcast <laughs> <Right>. so far.
2: <laughs> Good point, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Philip Salad, I yeah. think, who was a real person in okay. the scene as well. Oh, I don't care about Big Sue. Not at all. Cut her. Yeah, She needs to go. Goodbye.
0: There's like some people who say Big Sue is a real person... Um, Boy George and Rosie O'Donnell swear she wasn't. That's so weird. So it's very the bizarre. Say she wasn't yeah. real. but I think. <laughs> oh my
2: god, Boy George is just like that Mariah Carey meme where he's like, "I don't know her."
0: Exactly. <laughs> <I'm>,
2: <laughs> I don't know her. I guess I like maybe care about Nicola, but like not really. Not really. Not, not deeply. Not to the point where like she should have had that song. Yeah. Or like yeah. any development beyond like being the. Creative partner. Mm -hmm. Like Like, um, she could have been edited quite a bit. I agree completely. Marilyn.
0: Yeah, yeah. again,
2: like, did we need you? No. No. (laughs) Except maybe in act two, we see
1: some touches of like true friendship from Marilyn to George, which I think like if we were using Marilyn to set that up, like we could have done that with a lot less, Mm -hmm. but I guess maybe that's what they were trying to get to in the end. I don't know. It's so hard to tell what they were aiming for, you know, as far as story and yeah. themes.
0: It's wild because you see we say, and I totally agree, we should um cut all these subplots, but you don't need to add more Boy George or more Lee Bowery because there's mm. plenty of that. Oh, there's lots. It's like they they did that show and then they added another show on top of it, yes. you know?
2: Yeah. yeah, and I think had we, like, done a major edit and removed some of these supporting characters, then we would get to see more of that friendship between mm-hmm. those two characters Absolutely. who we should actually care about. Bingo. Me completely. Develop, as opposed to, like, all of these other, like, extra yeah. plot points that are mm-hmm. so unnecessary. Yes.
0: It's a wordy book as well. Yeah. There is Yes. The jokes are... And that's not even a bad thing. I don't even... I don't think the actual writing of the book is that, that bad, mm-hmm. all told.
2: My favorite line, which I wrote down. Yeah. I'm holding a press conference today to announce that our friendship is officially over.
1: <laughs> is this a Mary-Kate so... Nashley movie? What's going <laughs> on? Tat, you had sent us the New York Post article that sort of talks about the downfall of this play. And in it, they talked about how the director had gone in and encouraged the cast to ad-lib.
0: Right.
1: As the show went on. I don't know if that was in in an effort to make it more fun. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So I wonder if, Paul, some of the things you're talking about were not intended to be there by the book writer and were purely artist contributions
2: on the fly. They should <laughs> not be. They should not have been allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Unfortunately, like, too, too many us. cooks, too many cooks. Um yeah. also, I mean, I think I tr- I tried to do a little bit of googling of mm-hmm. the person that wrote the book, Charles Bush. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. And
0: they're it's, a drag queen, I believe. Yes, oh, it
2: seems okay. that Charles Bush has a lot of on and off Broadway credits for plays that have titles like lesbian vampires but oh, sure. like no actual like dramatic I see writing. Yeah. um, And I could see how that background might have been appealing to try to like yeah. bring some light to this subject. However, also like you should be able to write a play if you are writing a book for a yes. Broadway show.
0: Especially because this certainly doesn't seem like a snappy cabaret style book.
2: No. Oh, this is quite no. the opposite. Not. This,
0: is, this book is dreary is the first word that comes yeah. to mind. It's like long and dreary. You'll get some momentum going with a really good song. And then it just screeches to a yes. halt every time we get back into a book scene.
1: 100%. And that also, um, based on some of the things you were talking about with this context of bringing it over, there were a lot of disagreements, I think, on how to... Rewrite it or readapt. I don't know uh, yeah. for Broadway, and so they were just cutting and pasting and cutting and pasting, and and it was just like a total mess. Obviously, we I mean we all yeah. saw that script,
0: so yep. It's it it is nice to actually have a like a queer love story in um <sighs> in this piece. I would argue,
1: like accidental though.
0: Absolutely, you know what I yeah, mean. I like, I don't think it's right.
1: Yeah, it wasn't intentional in any way, so it. Oh. Yeah, it could have been done a lot better, I think.
2: Well, because it's like you were saying, it seems like they maybe tried to take elements of that Billy character from yeah. London and then like morph that into Marcus, but we just ended up getting a character that feels kind of like undefined and yes. only serves to like advance the plot. Yeah, yep. Certain yep. plot points as opposed to actually doing anything
0: yep. meaningful
2: mm-hmm. to yeah. this story. Absolutely. Exactly.
1: I didn't know that that act one had ended like i yeah. didn't i thought because act two opens with uh
2: that song about the club yeah right? and then paul's right. on the bootleg being like there's still so much of this it's, show we're left. at
0: act two and there's an hour and a half left in the show it's so long and i
2: understand is, why they wanted to end act one with, with karma, karma Communion. Communion. but then surely you could have like shuffled some things around yeah. there is
0: no <laughs> greater sin in theater in my opinion than an act two that is longer than an act one. In my opinion, every show should be one act 90 minutes. But if it's got to be two acts, the second act can't be over an hour. That is a disaster. Oh, it's got to be a smart 45. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I do want us to bleed a little into the music because there are certain things that I think go hand in hand. Yeah. So let's maybe sprinkle in some
2: chat about music and lyrics. Thoughts? Incredible. Incredible Incredible. score. Elton John could never. Could (laughs) never! (laughs)
1: Elton John wants
2: to... Boy George went so hard for us Didn't have on to. this score. Didn't have to, but yeah. he did that for me.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> this score fucking slaps.
0: Yeah, it's it does.
1: So good. There I agree. are so
2: many bangers, and I every song, like
1: every song, even the ballads. I'm like, I want to hear this a hundred more times. Very few skips
2: on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm if you read some of the reviews of the show and if you watch the show business documentary where they cover taboo yes they they talk a lot a lot of the critics talk about how this is like one of the best pop scores we'd seen on broadway oh, up to that point and actually i might argue even t-
1: until now like i don't know many other pop scores that i like really want to go back and listen to kinky boots
0: Oh, this is okay. way better than Kinky Boots. I <laughs> know I know. This is so much better Cindy than Cindy Lauper. Could ne- could never could
1: never.
0: Um what's the the ballad at the start of the show is Stranger in This World?
1: Uh yeah, that's yes. the one he sings That's a
0: beautiful oh, song. Gosh. I love that song.
1: And the um the arranging on this, um, like the ensemble singing yeah. is amazing. I wonder if other folks heard this, other composers and arrangers heard this and they were like, Oh, this is the sound that's gonna like carry us. That's what you said to that. the 2010s.
0: There's, what did I? How did I?
2: You said American Psycho. <laughs>
1: there's oh, like, yeah, there's this
0: like, because <laughs> this, this, this show also has a few really different personalities. So there's some bits where it's like the Duncan she cure this and be like, okay, I'm going to do that for all of American Psycho. And then there's <laughs> other bits that are like grimy and rocky. Um, and they're like kind of like Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which yes. makes sense because um. You know, this is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from John Cameron Mitchell, I'm sure. True. Yeah, but as you um, said,
2: the opening number, we get very much like a cabaret yes, kind
0: absolutely. of vibe as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another highlight for me is the Sexual Confusion song. That, that is my a bop. favorite it's a great song.
2: song. I listened to Got that song so much in yeah. 2004, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe I should have, like, thought about the context of it a bit more. Yeah. Why is it, it so was, like, appealing to me I,
0: right why now? I'm
1: so
2: obsessed yeah. with this song. Oh, it's so good. Petrified is so beautiful as Yeah, gosh
0: and the top of act two the um song called everything taboo about like what da, goes ba, on in the da, club. Da, da.
1: right that's it's yeah, like how a it straight goes. up
0: like yeah. like much dance 99 track you know what i mean yes. like yes you would uh, it reminds me of like you... this is the rhythm of the night. <laughs> yes, totally <laughs> yes the... and even though,
1: honestly and again this is more of a staging and lighting thing but uh aesthetically and from a staging perspective that the images are very much in line with that.
2: Absolutely.
1: That vibe. Yeah. Okay, here is my main point of contention. Yes. With how this all fits together. Yes, please. We have these total bops.
0: Yep. Real nice songs.
1: That are coming out of nowhere. Like, (laughs) we are taught that in musical theater, you sing when words are not enough. When you have no words left, you've come to such a heightened place that you must sing. Okay. These this script does not give us what we need to launch into these songs and sometimes the songs happen three scenes after the action that should have catapulted the songs. Absolutely. Example (laughs) Act 2, Big Sue We have the falling out with Lee. Okay. They have their fight. We instead of cutting to that song that she sings from home on a, a chair on a lazy boy we we go to a new scene so they can bring in the lazy boy with big sue on it she talks to her mom on the phone mom oh i did call you song it's like no no i want that ballad coming fresh yeah. off of that argument
2: so anyway or that better, happens not a at few all.
1: times or not and at all let's just keep on take, it it. <laughs> yeah. take it or leave it
2: take it or leave it anyway we could do yeah. without that. and my introduction to this show was through the soundtrack and mm. I feel it's interesting to me because I feel like you get kind of a lot of what you need to know to propel the story through the music so 100%. I'm like could we not have just got rid of the book altogether and yes. gone like full rent <gasps> with this like why do Ooh. we need why do we need a
0: terrible idea I
2: like that any idea. book at all I quite yeah. like really. that idea
0: it ends up being like a, an American an Idiot is another one that jumps to mind, which also runs yes. at like 85 minutes mm, in and out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sensible. And I mean, probably you would need to do some reworking of some of the lyrics. Mm-hmm.
0: You're clearly in reworking mode already. Though, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've you made an almost entirely new show from what was in the UK.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And I think they did, but they did carry over a lot of the songs. Well, this is not? what I'm saying. Yeah. So why not
0: spend the energy you were spending on building a new book into, I think it's a great idea, make it almost like rock opera style.
2: Yes. That's what I want here. Yeah. I love I'm so happy that Boy George went so hard and mm-hmm. wrote us an entire yes. score, but I do love that we get two of like the most classic Boy George yes. hits, Karma Chameleon and do You Really Want to hurt, hurt Me? me. Yeah, Both great songs. I also do. It's so cheesy, but I kind of like love the finale number as well. Oh, because yeah. like it I is said, nice. it's giving rent <laughs> yeah. when everyone is like yeah. coming back together. And yeah. there's yeah. this call. Come Follies, on in yeah. from right. the outside. <laughs> yes. Folks, I Follies. keep saying Follies because the play is
1: sort of structured. Like they go back to this now closed taboo. This is like where the show opens and also where it closes, what brings them back together. Um, So
2: if you're wondering why I kept saying Follies, that's, it's like how, it's a little bit, there was also, I don't have the, where I pulled this quote from, a review of some sort, I'm sorry. (laughs) But somebody had said, Charles Bush has written Funny Girl for Boy George, which is also hilarious to me because Funny Girl is another show that is absolutely terrible. That (laughs) is like a star vehicle that has some really banging songs in it.
0: Absolutely.
2: Um, But it's also kind of that, biographical mm-hmm. moment. Totally. So. For the purposes of just what I've been
1: hearing on uh, in our discussion, we should keep the book separate and yes, do please. music and lyrics as its own thing. Yeah. So, Tat, I'm sure you're familiar, but here at Monkeys and Playbills, we have a rating system. It's very official.
0: Scientifically proven, scientifically <laughs> tested.
1: And we continue to test
2: it.
0: We, we rate okay. we rate we rate shows out of ten playbills because mm-hmm. playbills is not just what we refer to our fans as; it's also a rating system. Yes, we rate <laughs> monkeys against playbills. So, yeah. out of ten playbills, how many monkeys would you give the book to this show? Zero. Zero. <gasps> Whoa!
2: <laughs>
1: no, get
0: it out of here.
2: It's so bad.
0: It's yeah, no good. I
1: mean, it's really bad.
0: I was gonna say three, and I thought that was low, but oh fuck wow, me. I
1: was gonna <laughs> say one. <laughs> okay,
0: there we are. we're so we're all on the same page, more or less.
1: But we just have different ideas about monkeys to playbills. Yes, absolutely. That's all. Yeah. So yeah, one, zero, whoa. three. Great. Yeah. What's the average on that? 0.25? 0.25. <laughs> yeah. That
0: checks out, to be honest. Yeah. That makes sense. Great. What about the musical lyrics though, out of 10 playbills?
2: I give it 69 Robert yes! As Saying, <laughs> whoa! I'm his friend. <laughs> 69
1: times.
2: Oh my God. We have a new rating system, everybody. <laughs> that would count as book. So maybe book is one. <gasps> oh, um, and I give it 69. Raul Esparza's doing that like option up, option yeah. up at end of the end of Petrified. Yep.
0: I was going to say eight. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's, there's an eight for you.
2: <laughs> I was going to say
1: 12, but um, since that technically isn't real, I'll go, I'll go 10. Well, we've, because got, I we've got really 69,
0: liked. 12, and 8 as our <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> But it's 69 roller sparses, so not right. monkeys right. or right. playbills. Fair Actually, good. 69 of his like, vocal cords, just like <laughs> doing a choice. Good job, everybody. Let's talk about direction and choreo. <laughs>
1: directed by remember I told you to hold on to that yep. name here it is Christopher Renshaw all right musical director was Jason Howland who we've yes. talked about before was that Bonnie and Clyde
0: absolute legend oh. he's um, done a bunch of stuff including most recently was like the driving musical force on um, Paradise Square on Broadway
1: yes um, wonderful Jason How- also
0: wrote um little women oh that's right he's um, like okay. a A major player, one of the coolest theater music professionals working Mm. in Broadway today.
1: Choreography by Mark Dendy, but then also drama because there was an unbilled, uncredited choreographic consultant, Jeff Calhoun, who I believe is Newsies.
0: That's so funny. So
1: that, okay, that to me is dramatic in itself. Big time drama. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, our director, Christopher Renshaw, famously of High Society and The King and I Revival. Uh, apparently The ah. King and I Revival in 96
1: was iconic, though, which is probably why everyone was like, let's have him do sure. Taboo, it only makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: only makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> taboo, Taboo was actually The King and I. <laughs> <laughs> Same cinematic universe, oh, for geez. sure.
0: So do you have any insight into some of the drama that went on in this creative team?
2: Uh, a little bit, yeah. yes. I believe that there was a lot of talk that Rosie should have uh, fired our friend Christopher. Mm-hmm. She did not. Why? Yeah. So
0: why should she have?
2: Because uh, he was doing a bad job. <laughs> d- 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 <laughs> I guess.
0: So no, 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 no exterior reason um, just, um, the direction was bad. Apparently wasn't going he was well. quite
1: unhinged and people thought he should take a break after Taboo UK.
0: Yeah.
1: And then Rosie asked him like, can you please come back? And everyone was like, no, don't do that. Like he's not ready like or something. Right like, out. Yeah, yeah. It's something along those lines. And then he said, no, I, I can do it. I can, I can do this. And Flew too close to the sun. And, came back.
0: And it was a disaster. And it was a mess. Yeah, the direction is kind of all over the place. There's some nice stuff. There's one I, um I really liked a choice I really liked was when um Raul gets beat up at the end of the show.
1: Be careful. We're <laughs> gonna have our haters come after us. <laughs> saying. I'm
0: not saying I liked that Ralph Sparza got up. I like the, tr- they didn't have any music under it. It was all like yeah. stark. And um. I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of nice.
2: Yeah. I think also in the behind the scenes drama was Christopher Renshaw, not maybe, was he not friends with Boy George perhaps? And that's why Rosie didn't want to fire him oh. or something sure. because Rosie yeah. didn't want to upset Boy George,
1: which is yeah. probably a huge dynamic at play. Honestly,
0: it stresses me out a lot. How much Boy George is involved in this show. Yes. That's, and I like Boy George a lot that's too much for one person to have the composer also be the producer and yeah. starring in the show. I, that's I, too will
2: much. S- I will say like watching his performance, and this is like performance, but also direction. Yeah, like I could mm. have done without the Lin-Manuel Miranda of it all having him appear in it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he can still sing, I think, well oh, enough, yeah. but he's not yeah. an actor. And in an already kind of underwritten role, I feel like he did not have the capacity to really mm-hmm. do what some of his uh, fellow performers, bisexual icon, Raul Esparza, yeah. <laughs> and the beautiful Ewan Morton and all of yes. them, like, they were kind of giving, and he could not match. Right. And, yeah, and when you are that close to it,
1: and it is a person you knew that you're playing, yeah, it is a, a, a bit messy in that, where is the line? And then how do you actually serve the piece best
2: yeah Yeah. and I mean I would that some of that fault is on the director Mm -hmm. and the producer who are both responsible for the casting absolutely decision yeah I agree so what do you think about the choreography
0: I liked it I like they were dancing the one thing I'd maybe say about the choreo in this show is is it a little Conservative for an underground queer club?
1: I think there wasn't actually very much of it.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: So I understand why you would think about it as being conservative. I think what movement was there was probably quite close, just maybe more uniform than you would see in a nightclub. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I would wager a guess that there was a lot there that was probably quite close. Yeah. Um, But again, those... Choreographed sequences were few and far between, so we yeah. actually didn't see a lot.
2: I have um, never done drugs, but if ah! I had, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly, certainly would not. not have been dancing the way they were. That's a good point, Anna. <laughs> <on> <laughs> when I have never done MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh is this where we list what we've, <laughs> we have done the things, but we're like no, it's oh, all the I, we My done. movement oh. certainly did not look like yeah, that. No. I you no, will right.
1: say. But we weren't dancing to that music. That's we were true. not dancing no. to it's the like Boy George
2: music. <laughs> <laughs> like, da, da, like wild da, focus fashion music or something. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. The choreography, to be honest, was not really something I noticed or mm-hmm. didn't yep, notice, which absolutely. could be good in some contexts and bad yep. in others. I can agree with that. Absolutely. I uh, yeah. yeah.
0: no. There's certainly, I agree, there's certainly not much to write home about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Other than
0: it was nice. I wasn't like, at yeah. it was, it, no point was it inappropriate. Or was I like, oh, that's not, that's not it. You know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just so curious, like, what? What was so bad about it that they called in this like person to help with it? Like there really weren't that many choreographed sequences, so I'm like, how bad was the ball dropped initially, right? Like for these five small numbers to have gone so off the rails, so they must have taken a lot of what was originally there. But then I go, oh, the theater, the venue was different. So when you transport venues and you're like, oh, this thing that you made for a nightclub, like now we're gonna put it on stage in this like. X number of thousand seat theater. Like, that maybe would be where the
2: disconnect would happen. Yeah, you can't just take it and make it work. Yes.
0: If we're going to speculate wildly, I would also... Is that not what we do here? That's what we do here. (laughs) It could have even been that thing, this is sincerely wild speculation, of like, you know how you can't get rid of the director for whatever reason, even Mm -hmm. though it's not going well? So all the frustration gets funneled to another department, even if that yeah. department's, like, yes. not even in the worst shape. Like, right. if there's anything maybe even, like, kind of wrong with it, yeah. that becomes the punching bag.
1: Yeah, like, you're putting out a fire in one area because you cannot put out exactly, the other right. one. Yeah.
0: So, like, maybe at the point when shit was hitting the fan, Corio was, like, had some holes in it or something. Mm-hmm. And they are like, well, that's the problem. Let's Let's get on that right now.
1: Yes. Okay, the only other thing I'm going to say, and this maybe might be an unpopular opinion... To you, Paul, because you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. So they recreated some of Lee Bowery's um, performance art on stage. And before I watched the video, I had done a little bit of looking into Lee Bowery and I found that, like, it seemed that his art was very shock value. Mm -hmm. And then when they did their version of it, it was like very tempered. Yes. Like, they talk about that specifically the birth moment. And how it was, like, so shocking. And then the way they did it on stage, it was very, like, PG. And I was like, oh, we are not getting the same vibe. And you could have gone full
2: splash zone with this. Which is so interesting, too, because you have lee bowery's literal friend boy george and lee bowery seems like a person who would not want their art to be watered yes, down in any capacity exactly and i that was another thing where it's like i guess I, I suppose i understand the desire to like want to show that mm-hmm. but was it necessary to the story right. like i not especially
0: so it's what, what it is it's it's lee bowery on stage, fake gives birth to gives his birth wife, to Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on stage, she pops out and she's like naked, but in a body suit. Cause it's yeah. Broadway, obviously, and like kind of like poses around and shit.
1: Like a magician's assistant.
0: Based on my very brief experience researching Lee Bowery, this show didn't really capture his art mm. and like what it seems to be going for.
2: Which is disappointing.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Isn't that
2: supposed to be half of the point of this show? Right. Oh, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Do you want to do the direction in Corio as one or two, or do you have a do you have a point? No. Yeah.
2: I can do it as one. I was just putting my finger up.
0: (laughs) Is that that your rating? You were putting (laughs) one finger up? No,
2: my rating would be four and a half sausages (laughs) (laughs) out of ten. It was just all underwhelming. It just...
0: Likewise.
2: Nothing to write home about, but nothing about the direction or choreo, like, personally offended me. Other than now we're talking about the Lee Bowery thing, and I'm actually a little personally offended by that. Because it feels like we are doing it. Disservice yeah. to this person, but four and a half. Mm-hmm.
0: I would. I'm very similar. Like five adult club goers <laughs> out of ten, yes.
1: <laughs> and I am four magicians' assistants. <laughs> guys, we haven't lab tested this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a new season. We're going off so we're the map. Going we're going off rogue. The rails.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Canada Council. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I think we're all kind of in that same world. It's like they made it on stage, there were some visuals that were just fine, but nothing to write home about.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the design.
1: It was giving me someone lit a match on the Hamilton set, all the wood disappeared, (laughs) and like that was what was left.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was giving me our regional theater did Next Normal last year. (laughs) So let's just move that back.
1: (laughs) Bleachers. We need bleachers. Actually, bleachers would have been helpful, I think. Who did oh.
0: this? Oh Who my gosh. Okay. I, I don't even hate it. Okay, here we go.
1: It was fine. It like served a purpose. That makes
0: it seem so mean. I don't even hate it. I know.
1: Okay, here are our people. Scenic design by Tim Goodchild. Costume I'm design by Mike Nichols and Bobby Pierce together. Uh, lighting design by Natasha Cates. Uh, we have sound design by Jonathan Deans, and then hair and makeup design by Christine Bateman.
0: The costume design ruled.
2: It I liked was it. so good.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: Okay. Good.
2: I yeah. usually, most of the time, I will say hate most costumes mm-hmm. I see yeah. on Broadway, especially if they're trying to do something contemporary. I because. Agree. It, Often, it looks like the designers don't actually know how normal people dress, mm-hmm. and it makes me furious. <laughs> the costumes in the show were so good, and look actually very, like, in some cases, were imitating actual yeah. looks that were done, like, really, really well. Yeah. Like it these, looked expensive.
1: Oh, nailed all
0: the Lee Bowery oh, looks on Boy George. Yes. Yeah.
2: The
1: tailoring, yeah. the wigs, like... Even the accessories, the hats, like all of that, I was just like, oh, this I recognize. Like this feels, again, if I had lived it, I might say, oh, this seems like an accurate representation. everyone looked so good. Absolutely. Well done.
0: Yeah, so that's the the highlight for me.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: Um, The other highlight for me is in the set is there's um, George's apartment has this big wall.
1: Yes. Um,
0: of um, it's
1: like photos or mirrors or there's something. There's like a big tall. I just can't read
0: my can't read my writing. I think it's photos.
1: The the first yeah. squat or the expensive apartment in the expensive to. apartment. Okay, Is what okay. I'm thinking Good.
0: of. Is uh, the other set I really liked.
1: I actually thought because sometimes our m- complaint with sets is yeah. that they they either do too much or too little. I actually think they did okay in terms of the amount of set pieces. Like I never felt like, ah, these actors are getting like swallowed up by the sets. Yep. They weren't necessarily
2: great, but I definitely wasn't like offended by... Yeah, and I mean, I suppose yeah. the challenge would be to if I was a designer, I mean, the challenge is how do you take something, which is a squat or a warehouse mm-hmm. and put it on stage and make it functional and not look... Terrible, right? Yeah. But it's it's supposed to look kind of terrible, like yeah. I have no complaints about the set. It did what it was supposed. It was very functional. Yes, very functional, and it served every purpose it needed to. Although I would say maybe from a direction standpoint, as you were talking about earlier, like a little bit underutilized in some yes. instances. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh-huh. Mm hmm.
0: I think it might have been a stronger choice to spend a lot more time at taboo. Yeah. Um, mm. Which is potentially maybe even what the UK version did because it was set in a nightclub itself. Yeah. So then we can go all in on really creating this environment. So when you, the show's called Taboo for God's sake, want to really get the...
2: I believe it's called Taboo. <laughs> oh,
0: my mistake. I apologize sincerely <laughs> to it's all, all our, our listeners. listeners. Like, so let's really build Taboo and make it look incredible and have that be, have a lot of the action take place and so then maybe have an apartment or two that you can go to and that's it.
2: Okay. I've mean, a little taboo in the lighting, I suppose. I yes. wrote yes. down in my notes that bisexual lighting, we love to we see love it, like a bi- pink lighting. and a blue. I love that. And on her role, as <laughs> yes. And I mean, the lighting, Natasha Cage, she's done yes. 100 million shows yeah. on Broadway. It was like, really, I I would not lighting. have expected anything other than yes, very good work from, from a really her good and point. Yes. she served.
0: Do we want to throw down some ratings for design and then talk about the performances, maybe?
1: I think that's a great idea.
0: Let's put all the design in together, um, which I think is generous to the set, but that'll be... (laughs) (laughs) Well, not... I mean, because like we said, the set's fine, but like the lighting's quite nice and the um, costumes are just awesome.
1: Oh, actually, before we do that, quick shout out to the sound design, because I actually heard a nice balance even on this bootleg. So good job. Very good job.
0: Out of 10 playbills, how many monkeys would you give the design?
2: The costumes were 12 sausages out of 10. <laughs> the set was six page boy hats. <laughs> out of 10. And the lighting was good. It was uh, yeah. nine monkeys out of 10 playbills. Yay. Oh, oh. <gasps> the costumes were just so good. And yeah. the set was just like serviceable and fine. But yeah, holy shit. Those costumes look so like, yeah, yeah. He looked exactly like Boy George, and if you see you and Morton like in rehearsal, he looks nothing like Boy George. True. Like the transformation of the costumes and makeup was really remarkable. Yeah.
0: Costumes are a ten out of ten for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Set is a six regional productions of Next to Normal (laughs) out of (laughs) ten, and lighting's a seven point five. (laughs) <laughs> Those are my ratings.
1: Jo-Ann. Um, my <laughs> ratings are as follows. I would say costumes, hair, and makeup would be fifteen tool skirts <laughs> out of ten. Yeah,
2: and the hats. The hats. The are hats. So good at are
1: really all. Good. Honestly, yeah. I would say the sets were like a you know a five or six. Yeah. Rolling beds, uh, and then <laughs> and then what am I missing? Lighting. I would say lighting and sound together were like a seven and a half, eight. Yeah.
0: I think those are fair ratings. Yeah. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about the performances, so let's get to <sighs> it. Here we go. I've been waiting this whole episode to say this. Raul Esparza's accent in this show is unhinged. <laughs> It is wild. It's one of the wildest things I've ever heard.
1: He made it up. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he he did. He ever.
1: Specifically for this. Yeah. I think I uh, might have mentioned this in our Leap of Faith episode that I am shocked and surprised that he has not had more vocal health issues based on his... The growls. The growling. (laughs) But then I go, okay, he's clearly doing it in a way that feels authentic to his... Production, his vocal production. Therefore, okay, that probably answers that. I just find it really jarring. Like, I made a note that, like, sometimes they're having this really nice quiet scene, and then I'm being yelled at by Ra- Raul Esparza, and I feel sure. a little bit like weird about it. But I think, as far as a charismatic, touchstone for the audience Absolutely, he is excellent in this production
0: and he sounds great he's got a great voice he's, he's an obsessed singer There's no I story. mean
1: petrified you're right a, Such a good number singer.
0: absolutely
2: yeah and I mean I would say and I don't know if it has to do with the book or his performance or whatever but like when I was saying that we should like 86 all the supporting characters like <laughs> I do like the one I would 86 the least would be Raul Esparza yes. he does yeah. and which is funny because his character like Philip or who Philip <laughs> yeah, Philip, <I> mean, <laughs> yes. the Everything. second time We've said
0: that name. <laughs> had, to, had to confirm that that's the <laughs> yeah. character's name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, like that was the supporting character I wanted to yeah. see the Absolutely. most of, yeah. and I think that's a combo of Rollo Sparsa. Mm-hmm. That's mostly Rallo Sparsa. Yes, I, I agree. agree.
0: It's a bit weird, though, given um, and maybe this is an issue with the book that he gets the eleven o'clock number.
2: It is yes, interesting. It's very weird.
0: Instead of either um, Lee Bowery or Lee Bowery or, or Boy George. George.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I thought for sure Boy George would would get it. Right. Oh, and like makes dramatically, yeah. he
2: absolutely. Yeah, should yeah. not yeah. Have like wasn't been. he in jail or something? Yeah. Anyway, but like again, we could have. They were writing the book. It wasn't yeah. like somebody put a gun to their head and was like, "He's, he's in jail, so he can't." Like you literally wrote the yeah. book. You could move him out of jail and give him the <laughs> eleven o'clock number.
0: <laughs> Ralph Barset is a very nice job. He's yeah, and his performer. costumes look
2: pretty cool, too, yeah. I will say. He gets to wear some of the coolest, like, punk rock looks. Um, two things about
1: Raul before we move on.
3: Yes.
2: One, in that New
1: York Post article, the post-mortem one, What Went Wrong with Taboo?, they talk about how
2: he was, like, pissed. Like, he oh, hated yeah, the he show. Oh, yeah, really? he hated the show. And him and Rosie O'Donnell allegedly yeah, did not get along. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I found
1: hilarious was that Ben Brantley from The Times, dear welcome friend, back, Ben friend. Brantley, referred to Raul Esparza's performance as, quote, Maggie Smith doing restoration comedy. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Ben Brantley, sums it up perfectly because <laughs> that, was that wasn't an opinion so to me like yeah. i'm like normally ben brantley's pretty opinionated but that yeah. didn't seem so much of an opinion as a fact like I'm to me i was like that yeah, an it's observation, a observation. so yes uh, uh, uh. anyway yay raul esparza
0: you and morton rules and boy george
1: such a fan rules. so good what so has good. he been up to how did his solo
2: music career go did
1: He's anyone ask done
0: him very little since he then.
2: was in hamilton wasn't he
0: I believe he's currently in as King George and Hamilton. Yeah, he'll next to be out.
2: appearing in Sunday in the park with George.
0: Ah,
1: good. I could see him in that too.
0: Before that, he as did a Dot. Cute little run of Sondheim on Sondheim.
2: <laughs> see? As, as George.
0: It. As ha! <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> he just looks so beautiful. Stunning in angel. This show.
0: And he sounds incredible.
2: Yeah. He sounds amazing. And
1: his performance was so nuanced. I think I was like surprised just like, in contrast with some of the other maybe like <laughs> more <Sparsa>? vibrant characters. <laughs> yeah. he, he was so yeah.
2: settled, yeah. but not um, too mature, which I appreciated very much. And in the show business documentary, when Rolla Barsa is laying on the mat being a little baby, <gasps> you and Morton is just like, this has been hard, but I think we'll get it. Yeah, Like, <laughs> seems like just such a kind, yes. just, uh, nice the man. Of, the kind of
0: co-worker who gets it, right? Who yes. It. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, very much so. And he came over with that yes. role right. in the show. And-, and was very devastated,
1: rightfully so, yeah. when it closed. Because you can tell he really loves this role. Well, they got done
2: very dirty, but we'll talk about that later. Mm, um,
1: that
0: one's coming. Boy George does an okay job. Like the actor boy uh, George O'Dowd playing um, Lee Bowery. Yeah, he's
2: okay.
0: He's
1: okay.
2: As we said yeah. before, like he, it's pretty evident that he does not have the same level of experience uh, as some of his Tish-educated yeah. co-workers. <laughs> I will say he got done really dirty. There's so many reviews that talk about his weight. And I get so, it; that times were different in uh, 2004, pho- but the fat phobia against
1: oh him is like yes. it's it's
2: unbelievable. Yeah. 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 it's so
1: mean. Uh, my favorite Boy George performance to date is his current performance on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills huh. <laughs> as featured cast member. So I guess <laughs> one of the housewives, Dorit, her husband PK is his manager. <laughs> So he's like around sometimes and he like stays with them when he's in town. Like it's the weirdest dynamic. He's always been himself, which I appreciate, and you see so much of himself in his acting, and I think that's where we're getting a bit uh, tripped up, because we're like, oh, we want you to be this character you're playing, not yourself, who we also love, Yeah, but it's just not, this is not the right moment. It doesn't quite
0: seem like he has the ability to embody Lee Bowery, even though he obviously knew Lee very well, Mm -hmm. and... um, Like knows this story in his heart. Yeah, just doesn't quite have the skills in his toolbox.
2: Not everybody has to be an actor. This is it. Exhibit A, myself. (laughs) And be
0: me me as well. I would. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
2: but it's just—it's too bad that he could not have like removed himself. What are our thoughts on Big Sue? I don't care. Yeah. Like, oh, that character just had to go. Like, I could not be bothered.
1: Um, Nice voice,
2: but I -hmm. don't care about
1: this this character.
0: The woman playing Nicola. Has a yes. absurd voice.
1: Yes. Stunning um, voice.
0: Uh, Sarah Berry. Sounds Sarah Berry. Uh, sounds fantastic.
1: Was in Beauty and the Beast. Was in
0: Beauty and the Beast. Later went on um, after that to do um some next normal standby work on That's um, right. on Diana. Very makes, good. Makes total sense.
2: That checks out. The Nicola carrot like Sarah B did a great job with what she was given. That mm-hmm. character too was and I think it's again partly the fault of the book to mm-hmm. circle back because I like I know I should care about. Her and Lee Bowery's relationship, but I just like couldn't be bothered to. Yeah. Nec- even though it's so fascinating, like he was queer, but then they got married towards the end of yes. his life, and it seemed from what I gathered that that was actually like a real oh, and partnership, genuine partnership. Yeah. love story. But unfortunately, the book and maybe also a little bit George O'Dowd's performance mm-hmm. didn't allow her to really shine in the way that she maybe could have had that role been adjusted. A yes, bit. Uh-huh, yeah. I is it time to talk about the ensemble?
0: Yeah, let's talk about the ensemble.
1: This poor ensemble. <laughs> so, oh, under-utilized. <laughs> yes. so underutilized. So yeah. underutilized. They like were singing from offstage so much, and I felt really bad because they sounded amazing, and their energy was like unreal. I just wish they would have been able to do more. Yeah, I wanted to see them more.
0: I feel the exact same way. I feel... I feel the way that way about like the the featured ensemble ish people as well, mm-hmm. which I would I would include like Marilyn in that. Yeah, mm. um, I guess Marcus is the other one we haven't talked about. I guess so. Hey? Not a really featured ensemble, and he's like fine. He's
1: fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice voice. Like I really liked that act two number yeah. that he did, the yeah. ten o'clock number. <laughs>
0: <It's kind> of, <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> there was like a nine o'clock, a ten, mm-hmm. and then the eleven. We got
0: and it like all. an eleven thirty because it's a like- long show. <laughs> <It's so> long. <laughs> So what do we think of their performances, all in all, if we're going to rate them out of 10?
2: Oh, I mean, I think everyone was serving to the best of their ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would include Giorgio Dowd in that also. Yeah. Like, I I think he really was trying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. That is true.
1: I would say, uh, I'm sure many of us have been part of shows where, in spite of things, certain things going on, you still... Rally and like get the thing on stage. We need to give credit where credit is due. And I think a lot of the reason that this actually went up and was so there was such a cult following was because of of this cast, I think. So that's my take on it, which to me brings brings it to a ten. But I think without like without that drama, I might have called it like an eight and a half or a nine.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say eight and a half. They're really good. They're <laughs> that's real nice. It. I Julia said it really well. I can't uh, can't say it better. Yeah. Same you, great.
1: Yeah. Look at us landing on the same.
0: All right, plane. y'all. Let's um let's dive into our final category then, which is Tony Awards and Loose Ends. <laughs> Tatiana, would you like to talk about Rosie O'Donnell?
2: So the thing to me that is, like, so fascinating yes. about Taboo is that, for all intents and purposes, as we've discussed, like, yeah, the show had some flaws, but I don't think it should have flopped as bad as it did. I mm-hmm. it, The reason for that, from what I can gather, is twofold.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. One, for whatever reason, it seems like the press was just out to get this show Yes. Oh, yeah. for no reason as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. And we see it in this documentary show business, which follows a bunch of shows in the 2004 Tony Awards season, mm-hmm. yeah. their processes and gearing up towards yeah. their opening night and then gearing up for the Tony Awards as well. Absolutely. And Michael Riddell particularly just <laughs> seems to have like I wouldn't say single-handedly, because there were obviously other factors as Mm -hmm. well that contributed to its closing. But this guy could just, like, not get enough of tearing the show down. Or other shows, too. Like, it seemed like he really had his backup about, like, pretty
1: much everything that season. And it was like, there were other folks around him being like, oh, this actually has merit. This is really good. We enjoyed this aspect. And it was like, yeah, it was a weird dynamic to see what the conversations, uh, media-wise, were swirling around this show.
0: Because in this documentary, there's a whole sequence. One of the sequences they filmed is a bunch of theater critics sitting around talking about the shows <laughs> yes. they're covering. And one of the other shows is Wicked. Yes. And mm-hmm. here Michael Riddell starts the conversation with, so it's this Stephen Schwartz thing, you know, like, Godspell, Pippin, is anyone into that? Like, you yeah. do like that? <laughs> yes. You're a musical theater critic! Yeah,
2: like are you supposed to like that? Like,
0: Or at least like give it the due yeah. of, that it, for the place that it holds in the canon. So yeah,
2: strange. And it's so interesting because you see later in that documentary, S- sweet little you and Morton, oh. yeah. so devastated because they just, like, I don't think they could have had like a 10 out of 10 show. The issues with the book could have been, like, it could have been a perfect book. It could have been a perfect show. But if that kind of media campaign had been going on I still don't think they would have been able to overcome it. Yeah. There's that's
1: exactly seems to be the sentiment from this sh- this documentary. Yeah. So one of the quotes from Boy George that I wrote down cuz I just thought it was perfect. Because he's so sassy and I love that about him. So he says, The critics, the people that are supposed to be championing and holding up this great art form, are the people who are destroying it. That's the biggest irony of all. Don't go on about how we will save this valuable art form and then do everything you can to make it fail. Because if you stop shows like Taboo being successful or just being on Broadway, all you're ever going to have is Andrew Lloyd Webber for the rest of your lives. (laughs) And then he does this like maniacal laugh. And I thought that was amazing. That's so
0: cute. And it's yeah.
2: perfect. It really encapsulates what you're talking about. I will say I don't think that a critic's job is necessarily to only champion because we mm-hmm. absolutely do need yeah. discourse about yes things that are flawed. Otherwise we're just gonna have a bunch of whatever nothing. crap yeah, and like worry. nothing interesting maybe will happen. But you can be critical and not be such an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's one problem. Yes. What's the other one?
2: Rosie O'Donnell.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Sole producer.
2: Rosie was she
1: O'Donnell.
0: Sole or producer? Or or maybe the producer one. With the she biggest... was.
2: She contributed ten million dollars <gasps> of her own purse, which we will of see. Her your purse? children's.
0: We've book got two about producers it. listed: Rosie O'Donnell and Adam Kenwright. And um, three associate producers. Okay, so, so really in the mos- hierarchy, yeah.
2: mostly Rosie.
0: Absolutely. Wow. And
2: unfortunately for Rosie, it seems that the timing of this project, it like conflicted with the lawsuit that was going on. That's right. At the time. And she was really... She was having kind of that Ellen moment a little bit years and years before Ellen's downfall, where it appeared that perhaps she was not the same as her mm. persona. Yep. That may have contributed to the so downfall. Mm-hmm. And you do, well. you, read,
0: you do read articles about that at the time as well. None of them, at least none of the ones I could find, go into, like, dishing the dirt. But there's right. always kind of, like, things running around, of, like, lo- Rosie O'Donnell's lost control of this show. Rosie O'Donnell um, has, like, mismanaged this.
2: Yeah, and yeah. it's, like, 2004 was not that long ago, but in a lot of ways it was a long time ago as yeah. well. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I think... I don't know if audiences were ready for a show that was so gay. Yep. Like, this is five years before we've seen, like, RuPaul's Drag Race and that kind of mainstreaming of Mm -hmm. gender bending and that sort of thing. Apparently, I read something on the Broadway World message board The ad campaign was just, like... Photos of a bunch of people like peeing into urinals. What? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find a picture of it. Like
0: from the like there was um, a billboard I Love apparently. Pretty boys number, you know where? Yeah, oh, there was a
2: that number. A yeah. billboard yeah. apparently that was just a bunch of like people at urinals.
0: That's very bizarre.
2: Yeah, that's. I just I would be so curious to see now that drag is so mainstream. Yeah, and performance art I would say has come a little bit more into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how would this show play? The subculture is not such a subculture anymore. It's yeah. mainstream now, a lot of the things that we see in this show. Mm-hmm. I think
0: you're exactly right. And this will this'll take us into the Tony game because we know what one best um, best musical this year.
1: Yes. Is
0: friggin' Avenue Q.
1: Yes. One of the maybe the biggest upsets. One of the biggest upsets
0: in Tony history.
1: I would say the next one being the Into the Woods year. Yeah. Wasn't it Into the Woods Phantom? Yep. Yeah. That year. That's upsetting
0: to me. Um, but th- that wasn't a pop culture upset as much as this No, was, exactly. You know? You're but
1: like, right. You're well, I guess right. my
0: point is, like, Avenue Q has its own take on on a lot of things, um, some of which um, continue to play today, some mm-hmm. of which are um, a little harder to swallow today.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Avenue Q's take on gay people and queer relations is much easier to swallow than taboos. You know what I mean? Sure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Yes. Like, they're both, they both have queer content. Yeah, but yeah. in very I mean, different ways. Yeah, it's
2: delivered very differently. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, we had seen Rent at this point, and we had we seen have that's see her at that's this true. point. You're but right. I think Rent is not so gay yep. as right.
0: Taboo. Taboo's real gay. So, what else is in play at the Tony's this year?
2: So,
1: okay, here's what we're going to say. So, you've, you obviously are aware of two of the four nominees for Best Musical.
0: I think I'm aware of all of them because of Ooh. the show business documentary, right? Okay, I so don't know there if those were the there four. There are were
1: four. the four? There is. Uh, of course, Avenue Q. Avenue Q, Wicked. Wicked. Taboo. No,
0: it wasn't. Taboo's was, not
1: even nominated for nominated Best Musical. For no, Best it wasn't nominated
0: for Best No,
2: Taboo was only
1: nominated for three Tonys. And I is think. Carolina
0: Change nominated? Carolina, Carolina Change
1: was nominated. And the fourth? Any um, guesses? Any hints? Sure. An- another person from Down Under.
2: Oh, the boy from Oz! Yay. Boy from Oz. I am nine. Yes, <laughs> the boy next to uh, that performance for some reason lives in my brain. Because uh, Jackman at the Tony Awards that year, because like, there are some like, articles the piano. that are On the like piano. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that oh are like God.
0: as if Taboo flopped and much worse Australian <laughs> biopic musical Boy from Oz crushes
2: also gay like there was a lot of, yeah, a lot so of so similarities gay. between but that um, was presented in a way that i think was a lot more
1: yeah, yes.
0: palatable
2: totally. to the oh. general public yeah yep. so those were the four
1: original musicals that were nominated okay. oh my god the boy from Oz. i know
0: took a nomination <laughs> it's I'm also rude. wild
1: to me that it was like that was when it was it feels so much older yeah than that you know um and then there were some revivals going on at the oh. same time okay okay
0: not a clue. So, what are some hints?
1: So, Alfred Molina was nominated for his role in Oh, this. in Fiddler. Yay! Yeah, you played
0: Tevya. Totally
1: good. Okay, Wait, was
2: this the same time when Rosie O'Donnell was also in? Was she oh, in that revival? Actually, on the might roof? be right.
1: I she? think she
0: was. In no. It. Yeah, I think
1: that's she, the crossover. We didn't know we needed. Oh, she god. Went, Her she focus went into was that so in
0: 2005.
1: Hot on the heels of the, <laughs> <laughs> the flop of Taboo rosie's like you know what okay i tried the
2: producing thing i've done the hosting thing i'm gonna do the (laughs) the thing that we have to say about rosie and they talk about this in some of the discourse on taboo she loves theater yes and has been such a champion of theater in a way that very few yeah absolutely people are so
1: right so okay (laughs) Okay. so we got fiddler There's two others that I don't even have clues for, so I'll just tell you what they are. But then the final one I would really like for you to figure out. Okay, so what are the two? So the two. (laughs) Wonderful Town was one of the others. would have never guessed that. And Big River was one of the others. So there's one more musical that was nominated for Best Revival of a Musical. This musical is one of my favorite Sondheims. Into the Woods. No. Sunday in the Park with George. No. Company. Merrily We Roll Along. Wow, no, you're there's hitting no them all. There's
0: no O4 Company.
1: This one was a 2000, Sweetie late 2003. Taught. No. West Side Story. Assassins! Yay! It's the Assassin! Go. The really nice, the broad, really first... The really nice...
0: First Assassins on Broadway, but still counts as a revival. Is this Neil it's Patrick Harris? This is the Neil Patrick yes. Harris one, yeah. So yes.
1: that was the kind of... Those were the hard hitting Broadway shows. That's a cool year. That's a fun year. Nothing (laughs) about that lineup makes any sense to me in my brain. Yeah. Taboo got four noms and one one nothing. Yes. Best costume design, best original score. Both deserved, I would say. I agree. Featured Mm -hmm. actor Raul Esparza (laughs) and then best leading actor Ewan Morton. So I think, yes. Well deserved, all around. Well deserved noms. One of the things I absolutely loved about the Showbiz documentary, and I would encourage anybody out there who even has a tiny interest in theater to watch it.
0: It's free on YouTube. It's a great watch.
1: They talk about what happened at the end of that season to the shows that flopped, essentially. And they give the dates of those flops to really put it into context how tough it is out there to make these shows happen. And so I thought that was a really good look at what a typical season on Broadway looks like because nine times out of 10, it's not going to work.
2: Well, and they talk Mm -hmm. about, they even say like Taboo opened in the winter. And they're like, nobody's trudging through the snow to go see this like weird Boy George show. There are no no tourists. Yeah, exactly. Not a chance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the time has come for us to make a decision. We have, we've got all the information. We have the receipts. We've laid everything out.
3: Yeah.
0: Was this show a flop? Is it actually a secret bop? Or is it so bad we have to make it stop? I say this is a secret bop. You need to redo the book, but I would see it. I would do it in a second. I agree. Yeah, secret bop. Yep. Tat, we know where you sit.
2: I would say (laughs) (laughs) this show is unequivocally a bop. And Rosie, if you're listening, (laughs) release the rights Yes. The world is ready yeah. now. Yes, I think they, there was another quote that I found from some unnamed source. You could look it up on Google. And they talk about how this show was maybe a bit ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And I'd say culture has shifted so much. Mm-hmm. The people are ready. Yes. yes. Rosie. We are ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Paul's ready. Jillian's ready. <laughs> We're all ready.
0: Let's wrap this on up. Should this be a musical? I say yes.
2: I say Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, but maybe we want it as a rock opera. Yes,
0: Yes. this should be even more of a musical, if at all possible. Yeah. Tatiana, thank you.
1: What a joy.
0: This has been wonderful. Thank you for having me. I know you could have gone on for like two more hours about this (laughs) (laughs) with no question.
2: You know what? That's okay. (laughs) We will have you back.
0: Oh, yeah. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. There will be some other podcasts from the Village Conservatory for Music Theatre coming out imminently. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. Um, Does anyone have any um, any other closing words they want to end with before we sign off?
2: My name is George, but (laughs) sometimes my friends call me boy.
3: (laughs) George.
2: (laughs) On a clear day.
3: (laughs) Hi everyone. This is producer Daphne speaking. Thank you all so much for listening to Monkeys and Playbills, the show where we take a look at Broadway musicals that had 100 performances or fewer before closing. To learn more about the show, you can follow us on Instagram at monkeysandplaybillspod, on Twitter at monkeyplaybills, or email us at monkeysandplaybillspod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash monkeysandplaybills. Super exciting. We now have merch available. Visit spring.com and search Monkeys and Playbills to find mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, and more designs coming soon. Monkeys and Playbills is proud to be a Village Conservatory for Music Theatre podcast. Original music for the show is provided by Paul Degers, and the show is produced and edited by Daphne Finlayson. We wanted to give a special thank you to the Canada Council for the Arts for supporting this season of Monkeys and Playbills as well as two other podcasts now joining the Village Conservatory family. Stay tuned for more details on both of these new shows coming soon.